Chapter 24 Monday morning, Ben was just coming back upstairs from his workout when he heard a rumble outside. He looked out the living room window and saw a big moving van backing into the driveway of the Miller's house next to Catherine's. The nice young family from Texas's had arrived, or at least their stuff had. Ben took his shower, got dressed, and had breakfast with Tina and Christopher. She brought Ben up to speed on the events transpiring at the Miller's place. While he'd been in the shower, a minivan had arrived and parked next to the moving van. Driving was a young woman with three children. There were two teenage girls and an infant boy Christopher's age. They got out of the car and the woman had opened the house for the movers. The teen girls were taking care of the boy and the woman appeared to be directing where the boxes went. One of the girls had a cast on her wrist so the other one had the boy in her arms. Ben smiled at how complete Tina's report was. He thought she'd make an excellent neighborhood watch mother. Tina said she was going to head down to the university with the twins, and Daphne was going to watch Christopher. They headed out shortly after breakfast. As he walked down to the mailbox, he breathed in the fresh spring air. The temperatures the past few days had been positively pleasant after the cold winter, so he was looking forward to spending more time outside. His mail this morning consisted of just two envelopes, which looked like royalty checks. He looked up when he felt eyes watching him. The two teen girls were standing by their mailbox, staring at him with a strange expression. Ben smiled and waved in a friendly manner, and the girls spun and raced back to their house. He was confused by the panic he'd seen in their eyes as they saw him wave. Something in the back of his mind began to stir, and he had an uncomfortable feeling. Hey, Ben. Trish's voice startled him out of his thoughts. He turned around and saw her in her tight jogging suit. She was obviously returning from her run as sections of the striped green spandex was darkened with her sweat. Good morning, Trish. Did you paint that suit on? You like? She smiled broadly at his surprised stare and subsequent blush. It's certainly... Oh, accentuates your form. Emma, like your pants are accentuating how much you like my form. Trish purred as she watched his bulge forming. You never came by to collect that reward. It's not nice to make a lady wait. Yeah. Ah, I've been pretty busy lately, he said, becoming uneasy with this conversation. He really needed to adjust himself, but didn't want the whole neighborhood to see him do it, especially the new people moving in. Are you busy now? I need a fix of Ben, and I want it fast and hard, she growled sexily, running her finger down his chest. Trish, please, he said exasperated. He caught her hand before it got past his belly button and glanced over at the new neighbor's house, but saw no one. Trish pouted and bit her lip while looking at him with doe eyes. She crossed her arms under her tits and pushed the large orbs up and forward. Jesus, Ben whispered as he stared and his cock throbbed in reaction. Fine, come with me. He headed back up his driveway with a delighted Trish in tow. He didn't see the new woman's eyes track them all the way to the house. Once inside, Ben ripped his jacket off and kicked his boots from his feet as Trish kicked off her runners. As soon as she turned to him, he peeled her clingy top off from her waist, up and over her head. She giggled at his eagerness. When Ben couldn't find the release clasp, he stared at her dauntingly complex sports, bra in dismay. You don't think I'd jog with these big tits without excellent support, do you? She grinned. She did something he couldn't see, and her breasts were free. She tossed the bra to the floor and rubbed her compressed tits as they pinked up. God, it feels good to take that off. Ben found Trish's self-massage to be highly erotic. He leaned in and pressed his lips to her right nipple. She gasped and pulled his head against her. He sucked more of her breast into his mouth and roughly thrashed her nipple with his tongue. Fuck. Yes, suck that hard, Ben. So fucking good, she hissed between her teeth. He grabbed the other tit 
pinching and rolling the nipple between his finger and thumb. He tugged on it hard. Tina squealed and pulled his head in harder. He used his teeth on her breast, scraping across her flesh and drew more hisses from the woman. He stood up and kissed her, forcing his tongue deep into her mouth to tangle with hers. She sucked hungrily at his tongue as her hands clawed at his back. Soon they were both breathing hard and tingling madly. Ben pulled back from the kiss and spun Trish around. He grabbed her around the waist from behind and carried her into the living room. He laid her over the ottoman on her stomach and yanked down her running pants. He grabbed her ass cheeks, spread them, and ran stiffened tongue upwards from her clit to her anus. Oh, fuck, Ben. Yes, Trish screamed and jolted. He stroked her pussy with his tongue, and each time she'd cry out his name. Soon her juices were flowing, and Ben switched to fucking her with his tongue. Trish forced herself back on his tongue with a grunt. She began to make loud animalistic noises which fired up Ben's lust even further. He latched his mouth on her swollen clit and sucked it. Ah, 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 for fuck, cock, fuck, 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 Ben, fuck me, Trish screamed as her legs shot straight out, trembling. Ben held Trish down against the ottoman with his left hand while he undid his belt and pants with his right. He yanked his pants and underwear down to his knees and slapped his hard cock hard against her pussy, lips soaking the head with her juices. Ah, fuck. Oh, oh, fuck, fuck. Ah, don't tease me, goddammit. Fuck me, she roared. Ben lined himself up to her opening and slammed his hips forwards driving his cock in down to the base in one stroke. Krish screamed, dropping her head over the end of the ottoman and biting the edge of it. Her legs were shaking, and she reached back to grab at Ben to keep him from moving as she tried to adjust to the sudden fullness. Ben could feel her clamping down fiercely, so he waited, but her body just kept trembling. He pulled out and slammed it home again. That time was much easier, so he did it again, and each stroke was wetter and faster. Trish was growling and lifting her ass with each stroke. He reached forward and filled his hands with her big tits as he pounded deep into her pussy. He squeezed the flesh and felt her stiff nipples pressing against his fingers, so he flicked them and her hips began to rotate each time he slammed home. She slipped a hand under her body and frantically rubbed her clit in tight circles. Ben, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gok coming. Fuck Kaya, aha. He felt her muscles trembling and her pussy clamped down on him, pushing his own orgasm to its peak. He sped up his thrusts and slammed her ass harder. He growled as he felt his cock firing jet after jet into her body. The bliss overrode this thoughts as he buried his cock one last time. A full minute passed as they each floated back to their minds. Ben pulled out of Trish and she gasped and relaxed again. That was wonderful. Thanks, Ben, she sighed. Ben looked down at the physically spent woman with a conflicted expression. Why did she affect him like this? Why couldn't he ever say no to her? She'd made it clear she wasn't looking for a relationship, and he kept saying he wasn't interested in casual sex, but he just couldn't refuse her. It would be easier on him if he could think of it as therapeutic, like he had for Beth, or even a behavioral tool, like he did for the twins. Trish had even told him to consider their sex as a therapy, but somehow he just couldn't. He looked down at her lovely profile, resting on the ottoman, and his heart gave a little pang. It confused him. He stood up and walked into the guest bathroom and quickly cleaned himself off. He brought a warm, wet face cloth back and handed it to Trish so she could clean herself up. Ah, I don't have any clean clothes to go home in. Can I use your washer and dryer for my jogging stuff? She asked. Ben didn't have anywhere else to go today, so he shrugged. Sure, you can go take a shower and use my robe when you're done.
I'll get the washer started. She tugged off the pants and handed them to him as she held the fuss cloth to her dripping pussy. Thanks, Ben. Excuse me. She hustled awkwardly down the hall into his bedroom. He watched her go. Ben picked up the rest of her clothes and dropped them in the machine. He set it to synthetics and started the cycle. He went back into the living room and noticed they'd made a bit of a mess on the ottoman. He unzipped the cover and took it off. He'd bought the furniture with removable slip covers so he could wash them easily. Ever the practical man. He dropped it in the laundry basket to wash later. He moved into the kitchen to make lunch. He whipped up a garden salad and made egg salad for sandwiches. Trish wandered into the kitchen, bundled up in Ben's oversized robe. She gave him a big grin. He smiled back, then quickly turned back to the counter so she wouldn't see when his smile broke. Would you like some lunch? I have egg salad for sandwiches and a garden sal. He stopped when he felt Trish lean her body against his back and her arms reach around to hug him. She rested her cheek on his shoulder. He put his arms on top of hers. I'm sorry, Ben. I know you need more. I keep telling myself to leave you alone, but then I find myself at your door. You deserve better, but I can't seem to stay away. I told Rochelle to leave you be if she couldn't find a way to open her heart to you. Yet, I'm such a hypocrite. The idea of opening my heart is so terrifying. I, I'm just not ready. She rubbed her face on his back. Ben couldn't trust his voice, so he just patted her arms and gave them a squeeze. He moved his hands back to the task of making lunch and felt Trish pull away. Ben cleared his throat. So is an egg salad sandwich and a small garden all right with you? He asked. Sure, that would be nice. Just the egg salad with no bread for me, though, Trish responded. Ben set her lunch in front of her and heard the washer buzz. He moved the clothes over to the dryer, got it started. The slipcover went into the washer with Trish's towels. He went back to the kitchen and ate his lunch with Trish. Have you seen the new neighbors? He asked. Yes, I met them when I started my run this morning. The mother's name is Ashley Beaumont. She's quite young, mid-twenties maybe. The two teen daughters, Madison and Savannah, must be adopted as Ashley's too young to have had them. The baby Joshua is probably hers, though. Apparently, her husband is, driving his car up from Texas and will get here later in the week. Must be taking the scenic route, Trish reported. Geez, between you and Tina, we have a neighborhood watch patrol. How did you get all this information? Ben exclaimed. Simple. I stopped and said hello. I saw the two teens when I got my mail and waved at them, and they ran like I was some kind of monster chasing them, Ben grumbled. Well, you are a big, monstrous man, while I am a delicate lady in spandex, much less threatening. She grinned, and he had to nod. So the Beaumont's from Texas. She seemed nice? Ben asked. Yeah, a little shy, and the girls did seem a little more timid than I expected. Almost unnaturally quiet, but that's just my impression from a first-time meeting, Trish said, recalling the conversation. I'm sure they'll warm up, if you don't go all monster on them. Ben felt that uncomfortable feeling in the back of his mind again, but it just wouldn't resolve into anything concrete. He shook off the feeling. So my network tells me the twins were finally victorious in bedding their fantasy man, she grinned at him. When I spoke with them, they were actually at a loss for words to describe the evening. Lisa, in particular, seemed. Don't think I didn't figure out it was you who was coaching them in their efforts, Ben growled, and she made an exaggerated expression of innocence. Actually, Gabriella suggested I could use their desire for me as a tool to reward them if they agreed to alter some bad behavior they suffer from. It seems to be working so far. Tina is happy about it, too as she benefited as well. Tina? How? she asked. Well, the twins wanted a more extreme form of dominance, and Tina found this made me more comfortable being dominant with her, she seems. Very happy, he explained with a blush. So all's well that ends well, Trish smiled. Ben looked at her in surprise, then nodded with a smile. 
But is it the end for Lisa and Laurie? she asked. Well, no. I promised them a repeat if they passed their probation period at the daycare. No returning to old behavioral patterns. Ooh, I look forward to their next update. She rubbed her hands together with a look of wicked glee. Ben rolled his eyes. The dryer buzzed so Trish jumped to her feet and dropped the robe. Minutes later, she returned dressed in her jogging suit, minus the sports bra, which she held in her hand. Her tits were seriously bulging out of the suit and bended his best not to stare. M, fresh and warm from the dryer, she hugged herself, making her tits threaten to spill out. Trish, please, Ben gasped. Sorry, she said with a grin and gave him a quick kiss. She tugged the zipper up a little more and made her way to the front door. He gave her ass a pat as she headed out and she grinned back at him. He watched her leave and she gave him a show, all the way down to the end of his driveway. He saw her turn her head to the right as if someone had called out to her. She jogged over to the driveway of the Beaumont's place, tits bouncing all the way, and Ben saw her speaking with Ashley and got his first look at the woman. Ben saw Trish gesturing towards the end of the block, then pointing to the right. He saw the bra was still clenched in the hand she was gesturing with. Damn, maybe the woman wouldn't notice. Maybe she didn't see Trish come from his place. He sighed. So much for first impressions. Ben went inside. He decided slipping away to make a grocery run would be a good thing. He made a list, then looked through the fridge and cabinets to see if anything was missed. Then he checked the medicine cabinets and linen closet to see if he needed anything. He added shampoo to the list. As he was leaving his bedroom, he spotted the almost empty tube of lubricant. He smiled and added that to the list as well. Ben backed out of his driveway and saw the movers were packing up. They'd been pretty fast and efficient to be done so quickly. He saw no sign of the new neighbors, but their van was still there. He stopped to get gas and car wash. There was a bit of a lineup as the clear spring weather brought the same idea to many motorists. Finally, he was on his way with a shiny truck. He decided to stop at the drugstore first. Grabbing a basket, he got the shampoo. Some lady products Tina has added to the list, and then he was standing in the aisle, facing a huge variety of lubricants. He was amazed at the different kinds and what they promised. Tingling, heating, cooling, flavors, and even numbing. He found some that didn't have any extra effects, just lubrication. As a bargain hunter, he was delighted to see they had a sale on the larger bottles when you purchased three. He checked the expiry dates, but they were good so into the basket they went. Ben also grabbed a box of individual-use packets of lubricant for those spontaneous moments. He could keep a few packets in his pocket. Taking his purchases up to the counter, he picked up a picked up a popular scientific magazine and browsed through it while he waited his turn. When it was his turn, he emptied his basket on the counter. Sir, you're aware Ultra Glide isn't on sale anymore, the clerk said. He looked up in surprise into the coal-rimmed eyes of a short, plump woman with thick black lipstick, red-streaked straight black hair, and three nose rings. Excuse me, he blinked. The deal for three bottles of Ultra Glide ended yesterday, she repeated. Not according to the sale sign on the shelf, he said. The girl sighed like life was ending and her soul was eternally damned to remain chained to the drudgery of customer service. She picked up the phone and paged, Wally, price check on the three large Ultra Glide bundle. Customer indicates sale price still displayed. She smiled maliciously at Ben's embarrassment and pushed the three bottles to the side as she rang in the other products. Her smile dropped when she saw the box of lube packets. She looked up at Ben in surprise. I'm big, he said quietly, and it was her turn to blush as her eyes unconsciously dropped to his pants, then quickly away. Ben heard the out-of-breath voice of Wally, who had the sale sign in his hand. Sorry, I forgot to remove the sign, 
customer gets the sale price. The clerk rang the three bottles through at the discounted price, but avoided looking at him. He turned to thank the man, and saw the woman standing behind him in line was his new neighbour. Ben froze, and his face flushed. Ashley was tall, almost six foot, with a slim body and long yellow blonde hair, currently tied back in a pony, tail. She wore no makeup. Her eyes were large and sky blue, and perhaps a little weary. Currently, those eyes were staring at him cautiously. Ben glanced behind her and saw the teen girls at her back, one wearing a wrist cast and the other with the baby in her arms. Even the baby seemed to be staring at him in shock. This wasn't the time or place for introductions, so he just smiled and nodded, then turned back to complete his transaction. He made his way out of the store and put his purchases in the back. Bad second impression, he sighed. Ben drove to the grocery store and lost himself in the homey and mundane task of filling his cart with groceries. He took his time as it felt good to just be in the moment. There were some excellent cuts of beef, and he spent some time talking with the butcher. He let the man talk him into a beautiful, if large, sirloin roast. He rationalized he would use the leftovers in lunches. As always happened, he found more than was on the list, and had quite a full cart when he reached the checkout. He loaded the belt and waited for his turn, when, in the lane next to his, he heard some arguing, and the accent jumped out at him. The voice was like honey, smooth and pure, but he heard a tremor in it, like nerves pushed just a little too far. He looked over the divider and saw it was Ashley, and her face was starting to become red. He thought he might have seen the beginnings of a tear as well. Ben moved through the lane to move over to hers. Please try the card again. I couldn't have reached my limit already, Ashley said to the clerk. Ma'am, I've tried twice already. The machine says you've reached your limit. Do you have another card? The clerk said with an annoyed tone. Excuse me, I'm sorry for the awkward introduction, but I'm Ben Shepherd. I'm your neighbour, two door over, number 16. I couldn't help over here, may I? Ben said, holding up his credit card. Ashley looked like she might burst into tears at any minute. She looked back at the girls who looked scared but hungry. She dropped her eyes and nodded. She and the girls moved out of the aisle and Ben moved in to pay. He handed the receipt to Ashley. I'll pay you back as soon as I get the credit card issue resolved, she blurted. It's not a problem. You have a good day, Ben said and moved back to pay for his own groceries. The taller teen, with the cast on her wrist, was staring wide-eyed at the meat and vegetables Ben was buying. He saw her lick her lips and swallow. He glanced back at the food Ashley was bagging and realized it was mostly instant food and TV dinners. He bagged his groceries and stuffed it all in the cart. They left together and the idea of the new arrivals sitting down to TV dinners in a house full of boxes just bothered him. As they got outside, Ben called out. Excuse me, Mrs. Beaumont. Trish, who you met earlier, told me your name. Anyway, I went a little overboard at the butcher shop and bought a roast much too large for myself and Tina. Suddenly he realized he didn't know what to call Tina. She's a friend who lives with me. She has a son who is just about as old as yours. I was wondering if you would like to join us for dinner tonight. Tina is an amazing cook. It will save you the effort of having to make dinner on your first night here. Kind of a welcome to the neighborhood dinner, he said with a hopeful smile. That is very kind of you, Mr. Shepherd, he nodded. But we've just arrived and the house is a mess of boxes. She looked at the teens and saw the taller girl was looking at her with pleading eyes. Her sister picked up the signal and started to campaign for the free meal as well. Ashley still looked unsure, but her daughters seemed to sway her decision. Ah, uh, well, I suppose we could. It will take a little time to cook this roast. So, how about seven pime tonight, he suggested. She smiled, and the girls smiled, finally, and Ben returned it. Excellent! Number sixteen. See you then, he said, and made his way to his truck. 
he loaded his groceries and began to pull out of the lane when he saw the teen with the cast running towards his truck. He rolled down the window. What's wrong? he asked to the breathless girl. The van's gone, she said. What? Ben gasped. Hop in. I'll drive you back to your mom. The girl climbed in and buckled up. She guided Ben three aisles over at the edge of the lot where Ashley had finally had enough and was in tears. There was an empty parking spot and glass on the ground from a broken window. Ben turned off the engine, gave Ashley his handkerchief and sat her in the passenger seat. He directed the teen with the baby in her arms to strap the boy into Christopher's child seat in the center of the bench seat. The girls got in on either side of the boy and buckled up. He opened the back hatch and put their groceries inside. Ben got in, then called the police. He handed the phone over to Ashley, who gave the police the details. Ben heard her say, the van was a rental from the airport. A few minutes later, she hung up and handed him the phone back. He drove them all home. Ashley explained that the police said that the police said that model of van was targeted for their airbags. The van would be likely be found a couple of blocks away with all of the bags removed for resale on the black market for auto parts. They told her to contact the rental agency with the police incident report number. Ben apologized for her first day in the city, proving to be so trying. Ashley just looked at him like he's grown antlers. He backed into her driveway right up to the door and everyone got out. He opened the hatch and handed them their bags. Ashley seemed reticent to allowing him into the house, so he didn't press and allowed them to move all of the bags. He slipped an extra bag from his into theirs containing apples and oranges. The taller teen looked inside then at him, and he winked at her. She gave him just the hint of a smile, then rushed into the house with the bag. Ashley came back outside, thanked him again for his help. See you all at seven? She nodded shakily. He drove home and pulled into the garage. He made a few trips and carried all of the groceries into the house, and Tina met him in the kitchen. He gave her a kiss. How did it go at the university? he asked. Tina was vibrating with excitement. I'm all side up for the summer classes and enrolled for the fall term, she cheered. Excellent news. Do you like the campus? It is wonderful. I cannot begin to tell you how wonderful this is for me. She gushed and gave him a big hug. I will cook you the most amazing meal tonight. Ah, well, tonight I have a special request, he began, and Tina looked questioningly at him. I bumped into our new neighbors at the grocery store today. They were loading up on TV dinners, and the teens looked like they really needed a good meal. Their credit card was denied, so I paid for their groceries. Then someone stole their rental van, so I drove them home. I invited them to dinner. Could you possibly cook this roast with the baby roasted potatoes, corn, and biscuits? Dinner for five people for seven pem. I'll help. You are such a good man, Ben, she smiled. Of course I will do this. Proving you are such a good woman, Tina, Ben smiled. Ben tried his best to help and not get in Tina's way, but she finally kicked him out. Well, as far as the kitchen table. There was something that was bothering Ben, and he had to discuss it with Tina before their guests arrived. Tina, when I was inviting our neighbors to dinner, I mentioned your name, and I froze on how to name our relationship. These are new people who are complete strangers, trying to explain the relationships. I'm in felt too daunting. What did you finally say? She asked, her tone carefully neutral. I said you were my friend who lives with me with your son, Ben said. A safe answer, she said. But it felt wrong to me, like I was cheating you out of acknowledging how important you are to me. Ben looked down at his hands on the table. I think back on the conversation we had after our first night together. We're not boyfriend and girlfriend, I said. Yet we are, aren't we? He looked up and Tina was standing before him, trembling. I told you back then that I was your willing servant for as long as I lived to repay the incredible kindness you continue to show me to this day. 
but I had not expected or even dreamed to find myself so deeply loved. Ever in my life, I cannot express in words the joy that fills my heart to be, included in your life to any degree. Please know that you may use any terms to describe our relationship without protest from me. Ben felt his heart do a flip-flop and he took Tina in his arms. He kissed her passionately and she kissed him back with tears of happiness rolling down her cheeks. Finally, she pushed back on his chest. I love this, but I must finish dinner, for we have company coming. Ben watched her for a few seconds, then finished putting his purchases away. He put the slipcover back on Ottoman, and it looked good as new. He still wondered at himself. Not long ago, he would have considered it an impossibility if someone said he'd have sex anywhere outside the bedroom, but he seemed to be proving that it was very possible indeed. Ben set the table. Then, he tidied up a little, though Tina kept the house immaculate. He snuck into the kitchen to confirm they had ice cream for dessert. Kids loved ice cream, didn't they? Tina pushed him out again. Ben sat in the living room, banished from the kitchen. He went online and did some research on Stern Enterprises. When he got bored, he reviewed the engineering forums and became engrossed. When the doorbell rang, Ben resurfaced from his reading, and Tina passed him with a smile to answer the door. Standing outside was Ashley carrying her son and the two teen girls. They seemed startled to see the diminutive Asian opening the door. They looked nervous, like they might bolt at any time. Hello. You must be Mrs. Beaumont. I am Tina. The ladies on the step blinked a second time when Tina said her name, but they moved forward as a group and entered the foyer. Ben appeared in the entrance and smiled at the new arrivals. Welcome to my home and the neighborhood, he smiled. He saw them all breathing in the heavenly scents of Tina's cooking. Ready for dinner, he smiled. The teen girls returned his smile broadly and Ashley smiled doddly, and Ashley smiled timidly. Please come this way, Tina directed them to the dining room and Ben followed. Christopher was playing in his playpen and giggled when he saw the other boy. This is my son, Christopher. He will be one year old next week, Tina said, stroking her son's hair. Ben made note to have a party for the boy. This is Joshua. He turned one year last week, Ashley smiled. The teens were introduced as Madison, the girl with the cast, and Savannah. If you like, the boys may play together, or I could get you a high chair, Ben said. Ashley looked at the teens who looked nervously back. Ah, a high chair would be good, thanks. Ben brought the chair from the kitchen and set it up next to the guest of honor position at the end of the table where Ashley would be seated. She seemed to be a little taken aback by the gesture. The teens sat next to each other on one side of the table. Ben went into the kitchen with Tina to bring out the meat and vegetables food. They shared a look about how nervous their guests appeared. They returned with large serving dishes containing the roast potatoes, corn, and biscuits. Ben then carried out a large platter of the roast, which had been cut into slices. Everyone sat, and Ashley and the girls clasped their hands together and bowed their heads. They said a silent prayer while Ben and Tina sat silently waiting. Ashley looked up gratefully after they concluded their prayer. Dig in, Ben smiled. Arms reached, and the food was passed around until the plates filled and forks began to carry the food to happy mouths. Ben realized they only had a jug of water on the table. Would you like something else to drink? We have milk, orange juice. He looked at Tina, and she was thinking too. I'm sorry, that's about all we have except water. I guess I should have picked up a bottle of red wine for this meal. But I don't drink any more, so the house is dry. He saw his guests visibly relax when he mentioned he no longer drank alcohol. Madison looked at Ashley, then back to Ben, and said in a timid voice, Orange juice. Ben caught Savannah wincing, coming right up. Tina rose first and patted him on the arm to remain seated. She returned in a moment to pour the juice into Madison's glass. Savannah looked at her sister's glass, so Tina offered her some as well. 
Savannah gave her a small smile and a nod. Soon, everyone was enjoying their meals. The look of bliss on the faces of the teams was amazing. They slathered butter on the potatoes, corn, and biscuits, but they certainly weren't in danger of being overweight. In fact, all of them looked a little too thin. There's hot mustard for the roast beef, if you'd like to try it. Start with just a dab, as it can be a little too spicy for some, Ben said, pointing to the small bowl of yellow-brown sauce. Madison was the brave one, and scooped a little mustard onto her plate. She dipped a piece of beef into the mustard and placed it on her tongue. Her eyes closed in happiness as she chewed and after a few seconds, she swallowed and started waving at her tongue, like it was on fire. Savannah and Ashley started to giggle, and Ben handed her a roll. Bread is good for neutralizing the heat, he said with a grin. Madison chewed on the bread, and the blissful look returned. Her next piece of beef was also dipped into the mustard. What do you do, Mr. Shepherd? Ashley said with a shaky voice. Please, call me Ben. I'm a semi-retired mechanical engineer. I do freelance engineering, coming up with solutions for issues for issues for individual and companies. I have a number of patents on stuff I've done over the years that pulls in enough income to allow me to do the stuff I want to do when I want to do it. Ashley looked at Tina and seemed unsure what to say so, Ben continued. Tina is going to university this summer for some preparation courses for the Bachelor of Science in accounting course she signed up for in the fall, he said with a proud smile. Ashley's expression slipped for just a second. Intense longing showed before she pulled a smile in place. Ben missed it, but Tina didn't. Your next-door neighbour in the house between ours is Catherine McGovern. She's the CEO of Kids, too. Kids. She has three daughters, all a year apart, two in university, Sophie and Rachel, and one just finishing high school, Megan, who is bound for university next year. On my other side is Gabriella. Wallace, who has a business importing high-end fashion accessories from Milan and Paris. She travels there to make deals with the manufacturers. Her daughter Miriam is 16 and her son Daniel is 13. Next to them is Beth Wilson, who's a dental assistant. She has a son, John, who is. Daughter Jane is 16 and good friends with Miriam. Then there's a retired couple, the Walkers. You won't see them much as they spend most of the winter in Florida and the summer in their backyard garden. He smiled, thinking of the older couple. Next to them is Daphne McKellen and her twins, Lisa and Laurie. I just helped renovate their house to turn it into a daycare. I expect to see 25 kids in there by summer. There is still space if you were interested in getting Joshua in. No, Eli wouldn't allow that. I mean, he's a firm believer of the mother's role and place. You say you renovated the building. Ashley changed the topic uncomfortably. Tina picked up the conversation as Ben was stuck on the wouldn't-allow statement. She touched his arm to get him to lower his hackles, and Ashley caught the gesture. Ben is a master at everything he does. He renovated this house when he bought it. Every room. The kitchen is my favorite room, as it is amazingly efficient in its use of space and work surfaces. The daycare is beautiful, and the twins say it is the best one in the state, and they are graduating from university this year in early childhood care, education. He also renovated the master bedroom in suite and guest bathroom in Trish's home. Ben was uncomfortable with the praise, so he moved on. Trish Campbell you've met. She lives next to Daphne and has a son Mason, who is now or soon to be 12, I think. She has a young woman whose name is Lily, renting out a room in her house. Lily is the daughter of another neighbor, two doors, to the west of you, who put her home up for sale and moved to what her home up for sale and moved to Florida. Next to Trish is Rochelle King, who lives with her daughter, Sarah and her son Jaden, both adults now. Then there is the Greens and the Robinsons who I haven't spoken with much. Across from the Robinsons at the west end of the street on your side are the Bakers, another retired couple. No, kids. Then Louis and Jacqueline Hernandez, whose son Ramon is getting married this year. Then there's Jacob and Emma Brown, whose daughters Natalie and Victoria 
will be working with Daphne and the twins in their daycare. Hannah Cooper is next. She has a 12-year-old son named Ryan, hospital administrator of Western Mercy. A good lady to know, he smiled. Yes, she saved Ben's life after he was injured, saving Christopher from being stolen from me, Tina exclaimed. Shocked eyes turned to Ben, and he had a pained expression. I'm sure no one wants to hear that story, he grumbled. You are too modest, Ben, Tina scolded with a smile. She had everyone's attention, so she began. The house for sale next to Hannah belonged to Joanne White, Lily's mother. But the house for sale next to yours once belonged to my husband. After he died, his mother came from Korea to steal my son. She had a very bad man with her. Ben was outside and saw me crying. He came to help me, and the bad man attacked him with a metal club. Ben fought him off and made my mother-in-law flee back to Korea. Ben was hurt. He thought it was just bruising, but he collapsed when we got to Catherine's house. Hannah called the ambulance as she knew it was bad. I was told that he died four times, but they saved him. When he returned home, he found the bank was going to take my home away, so he took Christopher and me in. Now all eyes returned to Ben, and he squirmed. Madison nodded with wide eyes. Ben placed a slice on her plate and tried to ignore the stairs. She took a bite, but in her inattention, she had a huge blob of hot mustard on it and was soon dealing with watering eyes. Savannah started to giggle at her sister and passed her another biscuit. Madison put the entire thing in her mouth. More giggles ensued. Ben gave Tina a look to get her to stop with the stories, and she dropped her eyes and nodded with a smile. She was proud of her man. Again, Ashley caught the interchange. So there are two houses for sale on the street? Ashley asked. Yes, but Tina's is tied up in bank red tape, so there hasn't been any movement on it. I check every day, and I have the bank manager keeping an eye on it. There are some legal issues with the estate of Tina's late husband. Luckily, none of them can touch Tina, but the house must be tied up in that mess. Joanne White's house went on the market, and there was a bidding war. I placed a bid, but the other two bidders just kept the bid rising. The last time I looked, the highest bid was ridiculously high. I haven't heard if it's sold yet. I feel bad for Joanne, as it should have sold by now. You were going to buy another house? Madison asked in shock. She surprised herself with her bold question. Ben smiled at the girl. Yes, it would be a good investment. Ben owns Trish's home, and she rents from him. Trish was going to lose her home to the bank after her husband died, but Ben bought it from her so she could pay her debts and continue to live in the neighborhood. Her son and Hannah's are best friends. Once more, eyes turned to Ben, and he looked at Tina pleadingly. Ashley was getting more and more confused about Ben. His house was the smallest on the block, but the inside was beautiful. He lived with a young Korean woman and her son, but she couldn't tell what their relationship was. She'd seen that Trish woman enter his home with him when Tina was not there, and when she left, she wasn't wearing her bra. Did this indicate some kind of sexual activity happened? He owned her house. Was he demanding sexual favors in return behind Tina's back? Then there was that embarrassing event in the drugstore, but he came to their rescue at the grocery store twice. Would he start making demands in return? Eli would be there soon, and she was worried how they would get along. Either they were the same, and life could get harder, or they were opposites, and life might get ugly. Either way, she was getting nervous. She'd have to tell him everything, and she was expecting him to get mad. Does anyone want more? Ben asked, unaware of Ashley's darkening mood. As the teens pushed back from the table, they smiled and shook their heads. No room for ice cream and chocolate or caramel syrup, he said with a fake look of astonishment. The girls grinned. Chocolate, Madison called. Caramel, Savannah chirped. Ben looked at Ashley, but she just shook her head. Ben headed into the kitchen with some of the dishes. The teens gathered the other dirty dishes and followed Ben into the kitchen. Tina looked over at Ashley, aware of the woman's conflicted look. Ashley saw a chance to speak freely, but she wasn't sure if she should. 
Eli would be extremely upset if he found out she was interfering with a neighbor's relationship. Hell, he'd be angry for her speaking to an Asian woman at all. She had a sudden flare of rebellion. I, I saw Trish go into this house with Ben. She wasn't wearing her bra when she came out, she blurted quietly, keeping her eyes on the doorway. They could barely hear Ben's rumbling voice and the teen's giggling responses. Tina felt relieved when she heard Ashley's frantic confession. It's okay. Trish is a woman of extreme desires. She uses Ben on occasion to scratch that itch. It makes Ben sad because he loves her. Ashley gasped when Tina admitted that Ben was in love with another woman. Tina smiled again. Ben is also in love with me, and I love him. He is the most kind, generous, loving man I have ever met. He is also the best neighbor you could have. If you have any trouble, you can count on him. Then walked back in with the girls in tow. The dishes of ice cream they had were loaded with syrup and whipped cream and a cherry on top. They sat and dug in with big grins on their faces. Soon, all three were wearing as much ice cream as they were eating as they tried to race each other. Then, behave, Tina scolded with a smile. He put on a hangdog look which triggered more giggles. Then, with a mischievous look, he returned to gobbling his ice cream. He suddenly stopped when he got brain freeze, and the giggles turned into outright laughter. Ashley couldn't help but laugh along. Then she wondered how long it had been since they'd all laughed together. She couldn't. Recall the last time, her emotions suddenly became too much, and she held a napkin up to hide her tears. Her shoulders shook as she stifled her sobs. The room got quiet. Mama, it's okay. We're sorry for being noisy. Ashley shook her head violently. She clamped down on her emotions and dried her eyes. No, baby. It's not that at all. I was just so happy to hear you girls laughing, and I was just so tired from the traveling and moving and the problems we had today that my emotions got all mixed up. I love hearing you two so happy. We should laugh more, but right now I think we have to thank our hosts and say our good nights as we still have to put together our beds, find and unpack our linens, and get to sleep. Tomorrow is going to be a busy day. She put a smile on her lips and turned her attention to a concerned-looking Ben and Tina. Thank you very much for dinner and your welcoming us into your home. I look forward to becoming good friend with you both. The girls beamed when she said this. She turned her eyes to them expectantly. Thank you very much, Ben and Tina, they said in unison. Ashley looked at them appalled by their use of the first names. Ben held up his hand. I insisted they call us that. If you'd like, I'm pretty handy with assembling furniture. I could give you a hand. No, I mean no, you've done enough. The girls and I will take care of the rest. Thank you, Ashley stumbled through her response. Ben nodded. Well, if you need a lift anywhere tomorrow, I have no plans for the day, so feel free to ask. Ben said, and Ashley realized, that she did have several errands that would be impossible without transportation. Errands. Eli would not accept excuses for being incomplete. Tina leaned forward. I can look after Joshua, or we can take the two boys to play at Daphne's daycare while you run your errands. Ashley was feeling a little overwhelmed again, so she just nodded. It has been a long day. We'll let you get settled in. Ashley nodded and smiled. Ben and Tina walked he family back to the front door. Ben had Christopher in his arms, and the boy was reaching for Joshua, who was in his mother's arms, reaching back. Looks like someone else wants to be friends, Ben chuckled. Ashley had a sudden stricken look on her face and looked away. Ben saw it, but didn't know what to do to help. Thank you both. Good night, the woman said, and stepped outside. The teens followed and waved at Ben with smiles. He smiled back. Once they were gone, Ben looked back at Tina with a very worried look. Something is not right, and I'm definitely getting the feeling it's the husband. There's too much fear. Ben froze, his mind flashing back to a suppressed childhood memory. For a moment, he saw the outline of a man. Large, dark and imposing. He smelled whiskey, heard screaming, and felt a flash of heat. Then the memory was over, 
and he was back in the foyer with Tina, who was taking Christopher from his arms. She was speaking to him, and he couldn't understand the words. He blinked a few times as she touched his face. Ben, what's wrong? she asked, her voice filled with worry. I'm okay, he murmured, suddenly confused, as the memory faded. You went still, and you didn't hear me for a minute, Tina said, her voice trembling. He turned to her and kissed her forehead. I'm not sure what that was. I was thinking of something, and now it's gone. He felt an uneasy sensation in the back of his mind and shied away from it. Let's clean up the kitchen, he said, rubbing his hands together. He led the way into the dining room. Later that night, Ben headed off to bed, and Tina said she had a little more work to do in the kitchen. When she heard his deep breathing noises, she went to the kitchen and picked up the phone. She dialed Hannah's number. It was late, but she thought the woman might still be awake. After the third ring, the phone was answered. Hello? Hannah, this is Tina. Hi, Tina. What's wrong? Ben had a strange moment tonight, and it worrying me. Can you explain strange moment a little? Hannah asked. We had the new neighbors over for dinner, and they are very nice. The husband wasn't there, just the mother and three kids. They all behave a little differently. Nervous, maybe. Anyway, after they left, Ben said something about there being too much fear, then he just froze. I asked him what he meant, but he didn't answer. He wasn't moving. He just looked at something far away, and I took Christopher from him. Then he came back. He said he was thinking of something, but he couldn't remember. No! Ooh! No! Ooh! She crawled onto the bed and took his face in her hands, looking into his eyes, which were now just showing confusion. Tina? What's wrong? he asked. You were screaming in your sleep, Ben, Tina gasped. I was? You don't remember why, she asked. Ben shook his head. He looked exhausted. He kissed Tina and apologized, then flopped back down. Tina watched him slip back into sleep. Then she hustled back to the kitchen. She picked up the phone and heard Hannah's frantic voice. Hello. I am sorry for dropping the phone. But Ben was screaming in his sleep, Tina said. Screaming frightened. No, screaming angrily, he screamed, no twice. When I got to the room, he was sitting up and his eyes were frightening. But he again does not remember screaming or why. I am frightened for Ben, Tina said, tears coming to her eyes. Tina, it's okay. These are likely suppressed memories resurfacing. Something in Ben's past, triggered by the new neighbor's behavior, maybe. There are still too many holes in his past. I will call Dr. Granger in the morning and let her know. When he gets up tomorrow, tell Ben to call me at work. And, Tina, it'll be all right. If he's suppressed something that's coming out now, then that's a good thing. We can help him heal if we can access the memories. Thank you, Hannah, Tina cried. Hang in there, Tina, Hannah said, and Tina hung up. She rushed back down the hall and snuggled in beside Ben. She felt his body relax and she trembled with relief.